We are VR. I'm gonna improve your life I'm gonna change your life You should always be nice And please always be kind I'm gonna teach you how to You're gonna feel brand new Very cool, you know Welcome to my show Welcome to my show Hey, welcome to my show You made it back to lesson six Maybe. Not every episode will I be directly fixing something in your personal lives. Sometimes you need to sit back and gather the information I spew to you. I'm author, screenwriter, life coach, Kayanya Pennysworth, Taylor Joy Van Zant, and today I will be reading from the book of VR Troopers, Wikipedia page. also have other information on the show as we float on water because by no means will this be a proper deep dive that I'll do on my own personal time. I don't want to lose the very cool persona I have. Much like Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, in which I'm trying to get the rights to, this was a show from my childhood. It's in the vein of Power Rangers, but way less successful, and I think I remember even less about this show than what I knew about Mystic Knights. The show in which I want to hold the rights of. As you remember from that episode, I knew a decent amount about it. So before I read, I think this show was about robot cops in a virtual reality. Can't quite remember if it was kids that turned into them, but I'm assuming so. VR Troopers are Virtual Reality Troopers was a syndicated live-action superhero adventure television series produced and distributed by Saban Entertainment from 1994 to 1996. There's no way this is currently airing on anything because I'd be watching it and not having to read and refresh my memory. The show tried to profit from the fascination with virtual reality in the mid-1990s, as well as the success of Saban's other property, Power Rangers. VR Troopers was the first official sister series to Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Much like it, this was an Americanization of a Japanese tokusatsu children's program series by Toei Company. The series is a co-production of Toei and Cyberprod. By the way, I don't know why Saban Entertainment was still around and making stuff because it ended in like 2002. I just remember my favorite shows having that at the beginning. I believe Saban, the actual man, launched Saban Films in 2014 though. I think most of his original properties are owned by Hasbro now. He of course had his name above Power Rangers uh 
the movie reboots that Sabine's Power Rangers and let me see if I remember correctly. John Henry, that terrible, entertaining Terry Crews and Ludacris movie was distributed by Saban. Okay, yep, and here's a long list of movies that I won't read off so that I can get back to talking about VR Troopers. The show featured early CGI and videos mixed with Japanese stock footage from three different Metal Hero series. Superhuman Machine Metalder, Dimensional Warrior Spillbond, and Space Sheriff Shader. While the series was almost as successful as Power Rangers, okay, correct myself from something I said earlier before I was educated, it was canceled after only two seasons. Hmm, so less successful. My original statement stands. This was primarily because the available Japanese footage was quickly exhausted. Yeah, they used like five different series in two seasons where Power Rangers mostly went season by season. In a number of extreme cases, multiple tokusatsu scenes were put together in one episode, forcing stock footage to be reused multiple times throughout the series. I'm going to have to watch this show as an adult to see if it looks crazy. Big Bad Beetleborgs, another Saban adaptation of Metal Hero series, encountered similar problems. We'll discuss Beetleborgs very soon. VR Troop responded to Toy Line in a video game for the Sega Genesis and Game Gear. Hey, Fix my family! Not today. Let's get into this plot a little. The show focused on three teenagers in their late teens. Figured it was kids. Ryan Still, the Caucasian male lead. Caitlin Starr, the Caucasian female of the group. And J.B. Reese, the one of color, if you couldn't guess by his name. Living in the fictional west coast town of Crossworld City, California. They regularly attended and were teachers at Tao's Dojo at Karate Studio. Ryan was the most focused martial artist. JB was the computer wizard, while Caitlin was a photographer and budding reporter for the local newspaper, the Underground Voice Daily. One day, Ryan's search for his long-missing father led him and his two friends to a strange laboratory. Inside, a digitized head of Professor Horatio Hart, who was a friend of Ryan's father, Tyler, explained the truth about his life's work of having developed extremely advanced virtual reality technology in secret. That's starting to ring a bell. Like Quasimodo. VR is a dimension existing alongside our world. Much like this show within it lie mutants bent on conquering both worlds. The main ruler of these is a creature known as Grimlord, who unbeknownst to anyone on Earth has a human identity as billionaire industrialist Carl Zichter. As Carl Zichter tries to overcome the barriers of the true reality to allow his army's easy passage from virtual world, the responsibility falls to Ryan, Caitlin, and JB of defending the planet on both sides of the dimensional barrier. They have assistance in the form of armored bodies having incredible firepower. This included eventual additions to their arsenal such as a Turbo Psycho, Techno Bazooka, VR Troopertron, VR Shoulder Cannon, VR Battle Cruiser Slash, Intercept Top, and the Flying Laser Blasting Sky Base. Other regular characters on the show included Zeb as Jeb, Ryan's hound dog who after an accident in Professor Hart's lab was now capable of human speech. This just went from a show I was probably going to look at to jog my memory from childhood, even though this came out before I was born of course, to a must watch. Gotta see that talking dog. Woody Stalker, Caitlin's wacky hat-loving boss at the Underground Voice Daily. Again, must watch. Gotta see those wacky hats. Percy Rooney, the local mayor's nephew and Caitlin's bumbling rival reporter. And Tao, 
the wise martial arts sensei who owns the dojo and a family friend of the Steel family. Reoccurring villains like General Ivar, Colonel Icebot, Decimator, the Skugs, and more throughout. During the second season, the show changed formats very slightly. Ryan's father, Tyler, was finally found and restored to normal. Then he quickly left to help the government research further virtual reality-based technology. With him came Ryan's new VR armor and an upgrade to his powers. Grimlord's base of operations switched from virtual dungeon to a massive spacecraft and added new generals such as Oroclon, Despera, Doommaster, and his vixens. The Scuds now had the ability to become more powerful in the form of Ultra Scugs. That sounds pretty good. I think I want to read deeper into the three main leads after this break. Hello. Many of you guys might have heard of BetterHelp. Well, this podcast is not sponsored by that. It's sponsored by I'm All the Help You Need. Want an irresponsible way of dealing with your life's problems? Then I'm all the help you need. Listen to Pennyworth Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Now back to that said podcast. Ryan Still, a.k.a. VR Ryan, portrayed by Brad Hawkins, is the son of Tyler Still and leader of the VR Troopers. Ryan learns the nature of his father's mysterious disappearance when he, Caitlin, and J.B. Reese are all recruited by Professor Hart to become VR Troopers. Ryan's responsibilities sometimes take a backseat to an obsession with finding his father. Ryan is the principal character of the series directly linked through blood to the unfolding agenda of Grimlord, who uses Tyler and Arius to increase his evil hold on virtual reality and to continue his war against the troopers to conquer there. Every episode begins and ends with Ryan reflecting on his father's teachings at a Buddhist temple where Tyler trained young Ryan in martial arts and in other lessons in life. He's a regular Pennysworth, a.k.a. Kayani Taylor, Joey Johnson, Van Zandt. I just may go by VR Pennysworth now. Ryan's obsessive quest to locate his dad is mellowed by a desire not to see his friends or their world suffer. Ryan remains hopeful of ultimately reuniting with Tyler. I don't know why Tyler seems like a young man's name and there's no dad's name, Tyler. Just like there's no kid's name, Ethel or Nicodemus. Ryan discovered that Darkheart, one of Grimlord's deadliest cyborg warriors, was actually Tyler, whose mind had been wiped. Ryan freed his father, who became human again, but Tyler was recaptured by Grimlord. Probably so that the main plot of the show could continue on. Ryan has virtual reality lightning hand command, his patented finisher, and internal gyro command. His VR vehicle arsenal includes a turbo cycle, Whenever a battle grid emergency arises, Ryan and his fellow troopers employ alternate costumes to fight invading Skugs. His signature color is blue. Usually they try to make the leader red, so that's cool. Despite being a team player, Ryan typically fights his VR battles alone. Due to the differing Japanese series used to create VR troopers, Ryan's Japanese counterpart was only one warrior against a mutant army. In the Lincoln U.S. footage, Ryan's joint battles alongside his fellow troopers are limited to the battle grid and the sky-based cockpit. That's wild to make a team show out of a show where it was primarily one guy fighting. Also, I appreciate the actors matching the size of them in the suits because Power Rangers didn't always do that, but the height differences would make the team look crazy. As footage of one loner metal hero series, Chowjinki Metalder ran out, Excuse my mispronunciations throughout my breakdowns of Japanese adapted shows, please. Saban replaced it with another. Yuchi Kaiji Shader. 
In the five-part story Quest for Power, Ryan's powers are depleted after rescuing his father and the other two troopers from Grimlord's cavernous dungeon in reality. Ryan is then given new armor, powers, vehicles, including the drill tank, Blue Hawk, and Nitro Cycle, and weapons including a laser pistol and his new finisher, the Laser Saber, which, like JB's Laser Lance, only function as a regular sword in combat. He would also use a shoulder cannon, similar to JB's Techno Bazooka, always used on Grimlord's Air Forces, never on any monsters. After Ryan's father rebuilt the VR Sky Base, it had been destroyed by Grimlord's new fighter in Quest for Power Part 4, he gave Ryan a command phrase that would make the Sky Base transform into the VR Troopertron. His reunion with Tyler would be brief as Tyler branched out globally to find a way of destroying Grimlord. Ryan was charged with holding the fort until the father returned, which happened in the Christmas episode Santa's Secret Trooper. As the leader of the VR Troopers, Ryan was the only character to have two different uniforms since there was not enough stock footage of his red-slash-blue uniform for the second season. This show was destined not to last. Ryan's mother was never seen throughout the series' run. Since neither Ryan nor his father even mentioned her, it can be presumed that either Ryan's mother and Tyler are either not married, divorced, or she died sometime during his early childhood. Let's get to the brother. J.B. Reese, a.k.a. VRJB, portrayed by Michael Calvin Hollander, is a computer genius much like V.R. Pennysworth, and a martial arts black belt much like V.R. Pennysworth. JB is obsessed with technology and constantly relies on it for solutions, but his ongoing experience as a VR trooper has taught him to appreciate life outside such conveniences. JB is quite capable of holding his own in battle armed with a laser gun and a laser lance. He often uses the latter as a finishing maneuver against Grimlord's monsters and robots, but only uses it as a regular sword in combat known as the Super Saber. Once he forms the laser lance by extending a second blade on his super saber, he usually impels a mutant who then A. Surrenders, B. Has heartburn, or C. Is unaffected. Only mechanoid, photobot, fanbot, and electrobot are immune to the laser lance impelment, and only fanbot was immune to it altogether. Typically, the mutant surrenders. They get heartburn like they ate some Sbarro pizza or something. If the mutant does surrender, JB destroys it anyway via rapid and repeated slashes. The mutant overheats, falls over, and explodes. Also in JB's arsenal is the VR Techno Bazooka, basically a double barrel cannon. JB projects a giant virtual image of himself to pull the trigger. The VR Techno Bazooka is always used in Grimlord's Air Forces, never on any monsters with one notable exception, Fanbot, a mutant that couldn't be hurt by any other arsenal, including the Skybase. When the battle grows too dangerous for reality, JB activates a vortex command via a button on his wrist to transport himself and the enemy into virtual reality. These guys have so many powers and utilities. He also uses the VR Sky Base, which can transform into Troopertron, a giant robot, despite the fact that metal hero footage of JB had his counterpart given the command it was given to Ryan, and Battlecruiser when needed. His vehicle's arsenals also include a VR fighter bike, also known as the Sky Cycle. His signature color is black. Racist. Throughout the series run, it was never explained what JB's initials stood for. Jamal Black Reese is probably what they secretly snickered to themselves in the writer's room. Also, while his father was seen in few episodes, JB's mother was never seen or mentioned at all. This show has issues with mothers. We are VR. 
Ladies, it's your time to shine because we're going to talk about Caitlyn Starr. AKA VR Caitlyn, portrayed by Sarah Brown. Caitlyn is a reporter and photographer for a newspaper called Underground Voice Daily. When she wasn't saving the world as a heroine, she was saving it through her journalism and photography. Her pictures saved lives. As a trooper, Caitlyn didn't have as many personal weapons and attacks. Sexist. She carried around a hand pistol, occasionally a hatchet weapon, and later gained the ability to split into two, dubbed VR Caitlyn Double Team. She mainly fought alongside JB and often served as backup for both male troopers via the Sky Base and the VR Battlecruiser. Caitlyn, on two events, demonstrated the ability to heal a fellow trooper by transferring some of her power to re-energize the other trooper. Although Caitlyn never finished off a mutant herself, she and JB would often combine their laser pistol blasts in a VR double team, usually stunning and weakening a mutant, with very few exceptions. This is not to be confused with the VR Caitlyn double team, where she summons an exact duplicate of herself to assist in battle. The reason for this is because her counterparts are actually two people from Spellbond. She drives a Mazda Familia hatchback, which was modified by Professor Hart to fly and thus making travel and rescue operations faster. Also to note, unlike Ryan and JB, Caitlyn's parents were never mentioned or seen in the series. Her signature color is red, and the VR Troopers pilot, instead of Star, Caitlyn's last name was Hall. I will only be going into detail of one more character, and that will be the one that we've all been waiting for. Jeb, portrayed by Zeb, voiced by Kerrigan Mahan, impersonating Jack Nicholson. I gotta hear a bit of this craziness. How to deactivate the DNA sensor course, it might help if I knew what a DNA sensor was. So, boy, here goes nothing. Jeb is Ryan's pet red bone coonhound. I'm very uncomfortable with that dog name, which he had since he was young. Jeb was accidentally subjected to a power surge in part two of The Battle Begins. That gave him the ability to speak. Ryan had him promise that he would never speak when around other people, so Jeb is usually silent, except while in the lab or when making snide comments to Percy, who usually thinks it's Ryan who said it. Jeb is known for both his mischievous personality and his humorous demeanor. Often, Jeb serves as comic relief, and both Percy and Miss Rooney are frequent victims to his antics. Jeb was based on Meditor's talking cyborg Doberman, Springer. Jeb had to fight as a trooper once when he and Ryan accidentally switched bodies. He also has a ferocious appetite, eating any food lying around, including food from Ryan and other troopers. However, Jeb does serve as a valuable assistant to the troopers, even demonstrating some technological abilities and problem-solving skills, filling the role for the troopers that Alpha 5 and later 6 did for the Power Rangers. Now for a little BTS. 
In pre-production, the series was known as Psycon and Cybertron, focusing on a single hero with a technological theme instead of a team of heroes with a virtual reality theme. In the Psycon pilot script, the main character was Adam Still, who was merged with the cyborg Psycon instead of transforming into it. The enemy was Grimlord, whose alter ego was Cyrus Ritker, who led a robot army known as Cyberdrones. Cyrus had a son named Percy, who was Adam's martial arts rival. Adam's mentor and caretaker was a martial arts sensei named Tao. Adams was friends with Tao's daughter Mia and a young kid named Mouse McKenzie. The Cybertron pilot starred Jason David Frank, a.k.a. Tommy, as Adam Still, and it drew its source footage from Metalder. Frank's character was depicted as a solo hero going up against an army of robots known as the War Drones, who were led by Grimlord. The pilot included a pair of bumbling news reporters named Elmo, played by Jamie Kennedy, and Scuzzy, who would have served as a serious comic relief. Its theme was based on Ron Wasserman's Go Green slash White Ranger Go song in Power Rangers series. Interesting. In the original VR Troopers promo, Professor Hart was played by a different actor with an entirely different voice and personality than the professor that was later used. Out of all the Saban Tokusatsu adaptations, VR Troopers used the oldest source footage of any series. Shader was aired from 1984 to early 1985, making it 10 years old when it was first used for VR Troopers in 1995. Spillbond was aired from 1986 to early 87, making it 8 years old when it originally was used in 94. And Metalder was originally aired from 87 to 88, making it 7 years old when it was adapted in 94. Because more than one Japanese show was used in a single episode at any given time, Ryan's alter ego was never in the same action scenes as JB or Caitlin, since they were taken from two different shows. Due to this, many episodes involved some sort of plot device that separated Ryan from the other two, forcing them to fight separately. Almost every episode ended with either Ryan or JB destroying the monster of the day. Caitlin never got to destroy any of her own because of sexism at which point his missing comrades would come running up to inquire how the fight went. That sucks. The only time the group fought together or in battle grid mode was in all original American footage with the battle grid suits being low quality spandex and the helmets simple recolors of the Red Rangers from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. For the show's first season, there was almost never any original American footage outside of the battle grid. Similar to Power Rangers, more U.S. fighting were featured in the show's second season. VR Troopers as an adaptation is different in many ways from Power Rangers and Big Bat Beetleborgs. Because it was syndicated instead of broadcast on Fox Kids like the former two, the monsters were destroyed more violently. Mutant robot destruction included the monsters being split in half, impaled, decapitated. None of the VR Trooper forms were given names since none of them had one main color. The show lasted two seasons, 1994 to 95 and 95 to 96, with nearly 100 episodes. As I said, the show generated ratings almost comparable to the Power Rangers franchise. By 96, all the fight footage had been used up. All three of the Metal Hero shows used in the series had a lot of human versus human battles. However, because these fights featured close-ups of Japanese actors, it was deemed unusable. In addition, because many episodes of fight footage from Metalder and Shader and Spillbond were being used in a single episode, the footage ran out faster. As a result, it was canceled, without a resolution to the series storyline, in favor of Big Bad Beetleborgs, which continued to use footage from the Metal Hero series Juku B-Fighter and B-Fighter Kabuto. 
In season one, the show will open with the traditional today on Saban's VR Troopers teaser, showing scenes from the episode and narrated by Dave Mallow. After the Quest for Power miniseries in season two, however, Ryan, Caitlin, and JB took over the part and narrated the teaser in first person. Various voice actors were listed under different pseudonyms in this series. For example, in season one end credits, Kerrigan Mahan was credited under the pseudonym Rhino Flanagan, which was the name credited for doing the voice of Godar in early seasons of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. In season two, he would be credited under his real name and properly identified as Jeb's voiceover. Likewise, Richard Epcar was occasionally listed in the end credits under a pseudonym of his own, Richard George, although he was credited under his real name for the first two episodes of the series. And Mike Reynolds was credited under the name Ray Michaels. I knew a director of the movie Bloods vs. Wolves that did the same. There were some games that were released based on the VR Troopers like Jeb's Rescue, Ryan's Challenge, and JB's Battle for MGA's Game Wizard. VR Troopers When Worlds Collide, which was a handheld game by Tiger. VR Troopers, a video game for Sega Genesis. And Saban's VR Troopers, a board game by Milton Bradley. I need to find that game. In honor of VR Troopers, I'll just repeat something I've already said to end the episode. This was Great Burn Media Production. Listen to Heavy Eyes, a podcast about film and 30-year-old kids, which is more nonsense. Stay in tune with my nonsense at the pennies worth, I guess, despite thinking social media is poisonous. This program was made possible by contributions to your PBS station from viewers like you. Thank you. Today, we're the show that leads out of PBS Kids right back into all them boring old people shows. Next time on Penny's Worth Podcast, how to get stuck key out ignition.